Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. We are in it now. This is the official start to week one. I mean, at least in terms of my fantasy content, Monday's the start of, of all that stuff. And if you've been following me for a while, you probably have a pretty good idea of my content schedule during the season. So that's this episode. That'll normally have takeaways from Sunday's games, and we'll take an early look at the top waiver wire ads. Obviously, today there's no games to discuss, so a week one waiver wire, it's a little bit different than the in-season one since you know most teams just drafted. Maybe you haven't drafted yet. There's still a couple days here, but your starting lineup should be fairly set, I would assume. Uh, either way, we're going to run through some of the names that are available in the majority of leagues, guys that I think should be rostered, that I'm surprised haven't been drafted in more leagues. They definitely should not be sitting out there on the waiver wire, so that's the first thing each week, and that normally is going to go up Monday afternoon. Then on Monday night, I have my full waiver wire column with like 50 to 100 players mentioned. We try to have this really wide range. So if you're in a shallow 10-team league, if you're in a super deep format, we want to make sure that we got you covered. And there will be players in there that are 0% rostered. I promise you that, which means I don't want to hear that old troll line on Twitter when people are like, all these guys are rostered in my league. If you're saying that and people have said it before, that means you are definitely not reading the article. So that's going to come out Monday night, normally either just before the Monday nighter or sometimes I try to get it out around halftime of the Monday nighter. Then on Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night in that range, depending how long it takes me, that'll be the first edition of my weekly rankings that go up. On Wednesday, we'll have the weekly preview episode and I bring on a guest from the industry and we look at the games. You normally do like seven, eight, nine questions, kind of the biggest things that are, are facing the, that week. So we'll talk about that on Wednesday's show. I've got some really good guests lined up too, at least for the, the first month so far. We've already booked that one. So pretty excited for that. And then also on Wednesdays, I'll release my in-season trade value chart. So basically the rest of the season rankings. And I know people love that one because I get hounded when it doesn't go up early enough. So got to make sure to get that one up as soon as possible. Uh, then on Thursday afternoon, I'll have another rankings update heading into the Thursday nighter. On Friday, we publish Start, Sit, Stash, Quit, which is my weekly Start, Sit column. And then we do the Friday live show at 1 p.m. Eastern. And on that one, I go over the latest news, injury updates. We hit on a couple of those start sits from the column. And then I answer your questions there as well, at least as many as I can sneak in. Uh, on Saturday, Saturday's the day where I try to take at least part of the day to myself and, and do something fun that's not football related. Doesn't always work out that way, but I tend to use the other half of the day to work on my rankings, get an up, another update ready there. And then that update gets published Sunday morning because I like to wait until after we get the overnight updates from Schefter and Rappaport, all the notes that they put out on injuries and stuff. So then we publish that one early Sunday morning. And then we do the Twitter takeover. I take over the score's main Twitter account and I do a rapid fire Q&A for a half hour or so answering your questions. That's at 10.30 a.m. on Sundays. And then another rankings update after inactives. And then, boom. I mean, then kickoff hits. We get to enjoy some football. And then we get to do the whole thing over again another 16 or 17 more times the rest of the way here. So that's the plan. I mean, barring anything unforeseen popping up along the way, that's the plan. I am absolutely pumped for it. I tried to sleep in a couple days over the long weekend here because I know good sleeps are going to be few and far between for the next four or five months, but we love it. That's the name of the game. We're trying to bring home some fantasy titles here, trying to get those bragging rights over our league mates. And I know of all the leagues that I'm in, 
not counting the ones that started this year, not counting, you know, the ones that maybe just kicked off. I have a couple, I've talked about them on the show. Some of those startup dynasty leagues that I did over the summer. Um, I only have one league that I've been in for more than a year or two here where I haven't come away with the title that I haven't had a, a championship season in. And that's one of my home leagues with my buddies. They love holding it over me. I've made the finals multiple times. I've made the playoffs every single year. Just haven't won it all in like six or seven years. I don't think it's maybe eight. I don't know. It's something like that, that I've been in that league with them. Uh, so shout out to Jimmy Lanigan and Mike DePril and Matchuk Puzio and Paul Zatano and Chris McGuire. Fun Chris, we're calling him after he hosted the draft party this year. Did a heck of a job with that. Just a great group of guys. Even our commish, who I love to give him a hard time, Chris DeCastro. We call him No Show Chris. We dubbed him that after he hasn't really showed up to these live drafts that we've been doing the last couple of years. But it's a super fun league. I can't wait to finally win that one. That is definitely happening here. You heard it. I'm going to take it home this season. My team is stacked. That is done. All right. Let's jump into some things here. Enough about that. Not much in terms of news that came over the last few days. Tyrod Taylor got named the starter in Houston. We already knew that was going to happen. Uh, guys like Brandon Ayu, Curtis Samuel, Giovanni Bernard, they're all back at practice. They missed some time, but now they're back. So it's looking like we're going to have them for week one. I'm not overly worried there. Maybe got a temporary projections just a little bit, but pretty good news that we're seeing them out there at the start of the practice week. So should have them for the opener. And that's really it news-wise. There wasn't really much over the long weekend football-wise. So let's dive into the top waiver ads this week. And like I said off the top, it's a weird waiver week, right? A few years ago, I didn't even write the week one waiver wire column. But then one year I tried it and it got a ton of page views. People went crazy. So we've been doing it ever since. And I think it can help with the bottom of your roster. You might have a couple bench guys that you don't love that you got in the last few rounds. Maybe something's changed over the last week or two. Or maybe you got a couple guys that slid into IR spots at this point that you found out that they got put in the early season IR and now you've opened up a, a spot or two for some of these waiver wire additions. That's where I think this article can come in handy because you shouldn't be streaming in week one. That's a pretty bad sign if things are already at that point where you have to stream. But maybe this article could also give you a head start on some of the names that the guys that might become more relevant over the next few weeks, the guys that are going to be those early season waiver wire guys, we're going to try to get a head start and pick them up now before those breakouts happen and try to get ahead of everybody in that respect. I think that's the, the best way to approach that article for week one. So let's take a look here. We're only looking at players who are rostered in 50% of leagues or less. We will start with quarterback. And here's the thing with quarterback. It's kind of like I just said, you're probably fine in single quarterback leagues because there's like 15 or 20 guys that I'd be okay with as my starter, but maybe you're waiting on Trey Lance or Justin Fields to get their starts. Maybe you're worried that you know your quarterback might end up on the COVID list and might miss a game at some point early in the season. So if you really want to roster that second quarterback, there's lots of names out there. There's some long-term starters, those kind of guys that maybe could emerge as low-end quarterback ones down the road here. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston, Ben Roethlisberger, if he's got anything left in his arm, sounds like he's looking a little better this year. Uh, those guys are all up around over 40% rostered. So if we go a little lower, you know I like Tua. He's available in 68% of leagues right now. I don't love the week one matchup. Maybe that's feeding into it. He's got to go against the Patriots, but... 
I still expect high-end QB2 numbers from him this season, um, but he's kind of obvious as well. So the guy I want to highlight here is Sam Darnold, and I know I haven't had the nicest things to say about him over the offseason. It's not that I dislike his fantasy outlook. It's just that I haven't heard anything that really made me feel good about him, and I didn't really see anything from him that really got me excited this offseason. If you're betting on him, and I've talked about this before, but if you're betting on him, it's your betting that the situation is going to elevate him, that he's got three good receivers, he's got an outstanding pass catching back in CMC, he's got really quality coaching in my opinion, and then he gets a fairly easy early season schedule. He's starting with the Jets, he gets that big revenge game, you know he's going to be motivated for that one. Could go either way, but nothing about that Jets defense really scares me. Then you have the Saints, and we know they can get into shootouts. It's also a bit of a different team now that you have Jameis there, so we'll see how that one goes. And then it's the Texans, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. So not exactly the most feared secondaries in the league there either, which is why if you look at it with all this talent around him, I wouldn't be shocked if Darnold is one of these early season darlings, right? Like if he comes out, we saw Teddy Bridgewater help this passing attack stay on track last season. Darnold has more talent than Teddy on paper, but really the good thing with Darnold, you're going to know right away. We are going to know maybe in the first quarter of week one, whether he has a chance to be a true fantasy option this season or whether you're just going to drop him. So maybe by halftime of that opener, Maybe you'll have already dropped them off your roster and you'll be looking for the next hot waiver wire name. You will find out very soon what is going to happen. So that that's nice because you don't want to have to carry him for a while. You don't want it to linger and he's clogging up that roster spot. If you're in the market for a quarterback, Darnold could be that guy. I'm not guaranteeing it. I'm just saying he's somebody that I would take a look at, especially because of that early season schedule. I'd also keep guys in mind like Zach Wilson, uh, Mac Jones, you know, those guys really should be on your watch list here. Maybe even guys that you take with a, a late round pick just in case they come out and blow the doors off, right? Maybe they could be better than we expect here right away. Kind of like Justin Herbert last season, right? Justin Herbert comes out. We thought that he could be good, but we thought it was going to take a little time and he comes out right away and ends up being a, a fantasy starter for us. So rookies have that kind of unknown upside. They don't always hit, but that upside is there. For them as well. I will keep going here with running backs and heading into week one. There isn't really a huge name to kind of just grab and plug into your lineup. Those guys tend to pop up in season, right? When injuries hit or somebody just straight up outplays everybody else in their backfield. But Tyson Williams on the Ravens, I think he should be rostered in more than 27% of leagues. That's what he's at right now. We've talked about him a couple times on the show recently, but the Ravens haven't brought in anyone else. Justice Hill might be banged up. He missed practice on Monday. So that just officially cements Williams as the number two behind Gus Edwards. Even though the Ravens had come out, they already said Williams was second on the depth chart. But Baltimore likes using multiple backs. You can expect that Williams is going to see some work in the opener. I'm not saying that you want to put him out there as a flex necessarily, but he could end up sneaking into your lineup that way. And then depending how that goes, if he shows well, then maybe the Ravens don't go out and add anyone else. And if he struggles a little bit, then maybe they pull the trigger on Todd Gurley or one of those vets that's still available off the street that they could get on the roster. So don't spend too much on Williams, but I do think that he should be rostered in most leagues. People just don't know who he is yet. That's really all it comes down to. Another guy that needs to be picked up everywhere, Wayne Gallman. And we already addressed this one on the show last week, but Gallman's the new number two in Atlanta behind Mike Davis. And I don't think he's going to take that starting job away, but... If Davis gets hurt, 
Gallman's going to see a big chunk of the work there. And I was stunned to see he's only rostered in 4% of leagues right now. Go and fix that immediately. Keep guys like Alexander Madison in mind. Keep guys like Damian Williams, Ramondra Stevenson. Keep all those guys in mind. Maybe grab them for your bench as well because I think those guys should be rostered more places than they are. Those are the the high-end backup types, the guys that if they get that opportunity, if an injury hits, they're going to step in and give you nice production fantasy-wise. If you need a flex play this week from a running back or if you're looking for a deep stash, I'm not going to mention them all here. I have a bunch of different categories in the waiver wire column, so you can go check out those names when that goes up Monday night, and hopefully we got you covered there. At receiver, let's make sure that some of these intriguing rookies like Terrace Marshall, like Rondell Moore, you don't want them out there sitting on the waiver wire because I guarantee you if they're not claimed before week one, they're definitely going to get picked up next week. So get ahead of everybody there. It's a perfect example. Get ahead of your league mates. Go and grab those guys. Moore was getting touches just manufactured for him in the preseason. And we don't know what A.J. Green's going to be able to do this year, right? It looked like he lost a step last season, wasn't able to really get open. I'm not confident that he's going to be able to earn a ton of volume in 2021. I know the beat writers suggested that maybe he's looking a little better than he did last year in Cincy, but... I'm not so sure about that yet. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, we know he's going to get his, but more could be the second on the team in, in targets this year. If he can answer the bell week one, come out and really play well, he could end up being the second most valuable receiver in that receiving core. So uh, he's a really nice pickup. Uh, Marshall just looked outstanding in the preseason, a real red zone threat. If he just soaks up Curtis Samuel's 97 targets, I believe it was from last year, that could be enough to warrant fantasy consideration as a flex play. So that's not even counting whether if DJ Moore got hurt, if Robbie Anderson got hurt at that point, look out, then Marshall could really explode, right? So he's a guy that I think you really got to get on your bench right now. Same would go for Elijah Moore. He's been hurt. So the hype kind of stopped for a little bit, but he's back at practice. He's a guy that needs to be rostered. Uh, Receiver tends to be a position where the more I look down the list here, it's pretty easy to find flex numbers week to week. I mean, guys like Russell Gage, Sterling Shepard, Emmanuel Sanders, they're out there. They're available in most leagues. You could grab them. You could put them right into your flex spot, maybe even a wide receiver three early in the season. And the list just goes on and on, including actually Rashad Bateman as an IR stash. I would keep him in mind. If you have that empty IR spot, toss him in there. The launch might be delayed a little bit here because of the injury, but a month from now, maybe even two months from now, we could see him really pop up. So don't forget about him. He's rostered in just 14% of leagues right now. That's a guy that I want to have in my IR spot, and I do on a lot of teams right now. So I would recommend you follow suit and have him kind of midway through the year. You want to be able to control his rights, not be fighting, uh, you know, three, four weeks from now, fighting on the waiver wire, spending all your fab money trying to get him at that point. Uh, We'll wrap it up with tight ends. This one's gross. I mean, People are hoarding tight ends early in the year, I'm guessing, trying to just hedge their bets with some of those breakout guys, take two of them, hope one hits, because there's not much in terms of waiver wire for tight ends. But Zach Ertz is out there in almost 70% of leagues. I don't love it. It's possible he could bounce back this season. The Eagles, if they're healthier, especially on offense, if they can get rolling with Jalen Hurts, maybe Ertz could rebound into something closer to what he was a couple years ago. I don't think he's going to get back to that point, but even if he gives us 70 or 80% of what he was a few years ago, that would be pretty good and probably tight end one worthy for fantasy. I just, I wouldn't bet on it, but given your other options right now on the wire, he is probably the best choice at the moment. 
I'd also look at Cole Komet in there. Uh, I mean, there's really not much after that. It's Tyler Conklin and Jared Cook. So it gets ugly really fast, which is why I was preaching all offseason. Try to get one of those top five, top six tight ends. Hopefully you're able to do that. And if you did, congrats, because you were going to have a massive advantage week to week when other people are looking at the waiver wire and trying to pick up those names and use them in their starting lineup. So that's it for today's show. It was a quick one, but that week one waiver wire isn't quite as, you know, as robust as it will be the rest of the season. Uh, if you haven't drafted yet, I know there are still a couple days here. I got some drafts left to go. Make sure you're using the Score Fantasy Football Draft Kit. It is free. It is up to date with everything you need. Rankings, tiers, salary cap values, breakouts, bust, strength, the schedule. It's all in there, including all our podcast preview episodes that we did in August. So give those a listen too. Good luck in those late drafts. Can't wait to, to finish mine up here. Other than that, I'm going to be back Wednesday with the week one preview episode. Until then, big thanks to all the friends and family that I got to see over the long weekend here. Help me kiss the off season goodbye in style. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time. My baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me.